Hey, uh, good afternoon. <clears throat> this is uh, Pastor David Ford. I am the uh, pastor of Mission Charlottesville, and uh, we are a missional church in Charlottesville, Virginia. And uh, we are a <clears throat> member congregation of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. Today, I want to share with you a message entitled Faith That Stands in Tough Times. And uh, the scripture I want to share this afternoon comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may, able be, may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end. Keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. Now, would you uh, pray for me and I'll pray for all of us as we come to this preaching and teaching. Right. Come, Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. Give us ears to hear, hearts and minds that are open, teachable spirits, and wills quick to obey your word. I plead the blood of Jesus over all who will hear this message and for myself who delivers it. So, Lord, be glorified. May all be encouraged this day. Or that we might have faith that stands in tough times. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, on the, the first Sunday of this year, of 2020, I preached a message from the pulpit of Mission Charlottesville entitled, Always Faithful. Now, I'm going to quote my own words from that message. One of the opening paragraphs. And here's what I said on that first Sunday of this new year. My prayer for this message this morning is 
that it will serve as a rousing affirmation that our God is always faithful to us. Here we stand just over the threshold of the new year of 2020. 2020 could hold some tumultuous times on several fronts. (laughs) There may be things that unfold this year that might cause us to want to hit the fast forward button on 2020. But I would, would remind us all early on this year, our God is always faithful and his faithfulness is never dictated by human circumstances. How's that for a quote? Well, when I said 2020 could be tumultuous on several fronts, that was an understatement. Amen. Uh, I said there may be things that unfold this year that might cause us to want to hit the fast forward button on 2020. And I was spot on about that one. Isn't that true? I had somebody texted me a meme and it, it was funny. And the meme said this, mom, is that offer to slap me into next year still in force? <laughs> you want me to slap you into 2021? Well, here we go. This is a message, hopefully, that's going to help us to finish out 2020 and go into 2021. This message is entitled Faith That Stands in Tough Times. And this is the first of a four-part series of messages that was preached and taught from the pulpit of Mission Charlottesville up in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, we're passing through tough times, are we not? We are muddling our way through a pandemic, the origin of which is shrouded in controversy. We have seen massive orchestrated social unrest. We have seen revolution being fomented by Marxists, anarchists, and globalists. And we are facing what may prove to be one of the most, if not the most, tumultuous presidential elections in American history. Just this week, I heard an acclaimed attorney, a woman by the name of Sidney Powell, that's a name you're going to hear a lot more of in the next weeks and months, she said this, that that we as Americans, and I know not everybody who listens to this is an American, but that we as Americans, we are in the midst of the second American revolution. Now, you let those words sink in. And you wonder why we're passing through tough times? Listen. One of the challenges in the midst of all these dynamics that are swirling around us uh, is to discern what is the truth of things and who is speaking truth. Well, I'm telling you today that I'm sharing truth from the source of truth, the word of God. And so in the midst of everything that's swirling around, I am sure of these two things. That our God is seeking to bring a greater degree of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm also sure that the devil is seeking to bring a greater degree of his kingdom as it is in hell. And so in the midst of all the societal dynamics and the spiritual warfare that is swirling around us, we need faith that will stand in tough times. Amen.
Now listen, I, I can't think of any better passage of scripture to turn to in this time than Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Now the Apostle Paul, he was no stranger to tough times and spiritual warfare. Hey, we think we're going through tough times. That man knew things that we'll never know. Listen, in the introduction to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the Wesley Study Bible, it it teaches us this about the book of Ephesians, and I quote, Ephesians is the only circular letter intended for several churches and therefore not addressing issues of one particular church. In fact, apart from typical letter opening and closing elements, Ephesians is a sermon meant to be proclaimed in the church. And that means the church of Jesus Christ in all generations. When you look at the book of Ephesians, it is pretty much evenly divided between teaching and exhortation. The first three chapters are mainly teaching. The last three chapters are mainly exhortation. And so in verses 10 through 20 of chapter 6, you're reading exhortation. And in those verses, there are no less than four commands given to us as the covenant people of God in Christ. Remember, whenever God gives us a command, it is to our ultimate good to obey it. And anytime God gives us a command, he will help us to obey it. Amen. Now, as this message unfolds, uh, I'm going to quote some from a book by a man named Pastor Chip Ingram. He wrote a book entitled The Invisible War, What Every Believer Needs to Know About Satan, Demons, and Spiritual Warfare. So having said all that, that brings me to this point. Faith that stands in tough times does so only in Christ and his powerful provision. That's precisely what Ephesians 6.10 affirms. Hear it one more time. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Now, please note that in this verse of first importance, to that is that we are to be strong in the Lord. Now, it it should go without saying, but I don't like to assume. In order to be strong in the Lord, one must first be in the Lord. So let me ask you today, do you have assurance that you are in the Lord and the Lord is in you? Put another way, do you have assurance of salvation in this world and for the world to come? I once knew the wife of a pastor. She grew up in a Methodist church in Georgia. And as a a young woman, I I don't know if she was an adolescent or a teenager, her age is really irrelevant, but the question she asked her Sunday school teacher is always relevant. She asked her Sunday school teacher one day, how could she have assurance of salvation? That she was in the Lord and the Lord was in her. Well, the Sunday school teacher replied, and I quote, well, all I know to tell you is just do the best you can. 
do the best you can? You know what that tells me? That Sunday school teacher lacked assurance of salvation herself, and she shouldn't have been a Sunday school teacher. Listen, the answer is this. Jesus did what no one else could do. He lived a sinless life for us. He died a sacrificial death for our sins, and he was raised triumphantly from the dead for us so that we might be brought back into right relationship with God now and forever, and that we would know that we know that we're in the Lord and the Lord is in us. So there are so many verses of Scripture in the New Testament that I could cite that talk about assurance of salvation. But here's one for you. John chapter 1, verse 12. Please hear this. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. So have you received him? Have you believed in his name? Have you received the power of his indwelling spirit, assuring you that you are a child of God? If not, then believe and receive. If something seems to be blocking Ask God to identify what it is and remove it so you can be in the Lord and in the strength of his power. So you can live through him and he can live through you. Now, here's two brief examples of of two people, two persecuted Christians who lived in the strength of the power of the Lord. Both of these stories are recorded in a book called Jesus Freaks. If you've never read that book, I highly recommend it to you. You talk about faith that stands in tough times. Just read about these people. Here's how the first story goes, and I quote. This this story occurred in Berlin, Bulgaria in the 1960s. When it was in the grip of the Soviet Union, where Christians were persecuted and martyred, for daring to obey their Lord instead of the dictates of the communists. The story is told of Trotham Dimitriot, who was arrested for preaching the gospel. And I quote, Trotham Dimitriot could hear the dogs barking long before he reached the pit. On the way, he prayed fervently for his enemies, the guards who threw him down naked to the hungry dogs. Immediately, a great howling was heard. When the officers looked into the pit, they saw Brother Dimitriov kneeling in prayer and the dogs in panic. Barking wildly, the dogs were trying to jump the walls in order to save themselves from the strange power emanating from him. I do not know if... Trophim Dimitriov survived to tell his own story if, or if one of the guards was saved by witnessing that man in that moment who later told the story. I don't know, but this much is evident to me. The panic of the dogs was a testimony to the power of the presence of the Lord that lived in and through Trophim Dimitriov. Trophim was in the Lord and the Lord was in him. Are you in the Lord? Is the Lord in you? 
Here's a second brief story, and I quote again from Jesus Freaks. It says a communist officer told a Christian he was beating. I am almighty, as you suppose your God to be. I can kill you. The Christian answered, the power is all on my side. I can love you while you torture me. With each blow, the communist became smaller and smaller. And the Christian grew larger and larger in Christ and Christ in him or her. You see, let me ask you. In the eyes of the devil, who was greater? (laughs) The communist. In the eyes of God, who was greater? The Christian. Who was in the strength of the Lord. Amen. That brings me to this point. Faith that stands in tough times, it knows its defense and it knows its enemy. Ephesians 6.11 identifies both of those things for us. It says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's a great quote from C.S. Lewis. I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis. He was one of the greatest apologists for the Christian faith in the 20th century. And he wrote this, and I quote, you can give the devil too much or too little attention. Amen. That's the truth. In this message today, I only want to give the degree of attention necessary to the evil one and the demons. I want to give greater attention to the Lord and the provision of the Lord to us so that we might have faith that stands in tough times and in easy times. Let me remind all of us that sometimes the easy times are the most dangerous of times to us spiritually. Because you see, here's the deal. For Christians, when when hard times break upon us, guess what? We're going to seek God. We will get on our knees. We'll lay claim to the promises of God. But you see, during easy times, we may start to take it easy and be lulled to sleep. Hmm? Amen? Either way, let us not forget. We don't live in a playground. We live in a battleground. At the beginning of the book I mentioned earlier, Chip Ingram's book, The Invisible War, he shared this experience, and and I quote, he said, the year was 1990. God had made it clear that my time in Texas as pastor of the country Bible church was coming to an end. Pastor Ingram sensed a clear leading of God to move him and his family to serve a church in Santa Cruz, California. Pastor Ingram, he wrote this, and I quote, With every turn came the same warning. Be on your guard, Chip. You're entering an area of fierce spiritual combat, and you need to prepare yourself. Our 12 years in Santa Cruz, California, proved to be a graduate course in spiritual warfare. I would come to learn that this town had more satanic bookstores than Boulder, Colorado, a renowned center of occult activity. I would be confronted with the most fearful experiences in my spiritual life. I would live in an environment where the occult, the New Age beliefs, 
and cults were so common that ads on coffee shop bulletin boards included, quote, how to cast spells, how to contact your spirit guide, and Warlock Coven meets 7 o'clock p.m. on Monday nights. Remember, we don't live in a playground. We live in a battleground. His book and the truth of God's word for today. It reminds us that our Lord wants our faith to stand in tough times for his glory, for our ultimate good, and to be a witness for salvation to others. That brings me to this point. Faith that stands in tough times. It knows that spiritual forces are formidable, but God is greater and Christ is victor. Amen. And so, therefore, when we're in Christ, Christ is in us. We have the victory. Why? Because we have the victor dwelling within us and we dwell within the victor. That he can live through us and we can live through him. Ephesians 6.12 says this. Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, here's the thing. Please hear this. I feel that this is a very timely and relevant truth. Just as the living God ultimately revealed in Jesus of Nazareth, just as he seeks cooperative human elements to accomplish his kingdom purposes upon the earth, so does the devil and the demons. You know, it's one thing. When a single individual, either intentionally or in ignorance, ends up serving the devil and his purposes. But it's quite another when a ruler or a human civil government becomes servant of the devil. You, do you think that can't happen? Have you read the book of Revelation? It makes it crystal clear that a leader and a civil government can become the cooperative human elements of the evil one and do great, great destruction and evil upon the earth. Did you know that Adolf Hitler and the leading leaders of the Nazis were involved in the occult up to their eyeballs? That's a fact. How many people died as a result of what Hitler and the Nazis set in motion? Research tells us that a direct result of what they did, 18,683,900 people were destroyed. Not to mention the 75 to 80 million other people that died as a result of World War II, in which Hitler and the Nazis were complicit. The devil was having a field day in and through them. Let me ask you this. Something else that arose in the 20th century through a leader and a human civil government. How many people died as a result of communism just in the 20th century? Uh, which continues on, by the way. 
Reliable resources tell us that in the 20th century, somewhere between 65 to 100 million people died as a result of communist and communism. Mm. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, leaders and human civil governments can become servants of the evil one. Has there been any evil and destruction in America? There have been over 61 million developing human beings destroyed through abortion in America. Did anybody get God's opinion about that? I wonder what the devil's opinion is about that. Those, those are called rhetorical teaching questions. Please hear me. I say this in, in closing. Don't doubt that evil spiritual forces can take root and do great destruction in this world by both individuals and governments. I want to close by asking, are you in Christ and is Christ in you? First John 5:19 says this, we know that we are God's children and the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. So we're either in the saving power of Christ and his kingdom or we're in the destructive power of the evil one. And his kingdom. There's no other option. It's one or the other. You see at this very moment. You and me. We're either in the trajectory. Of everlasting abundant life in Christ and his kingdom. Or we're in the trajectory of everlasting destruction. With the devil and his kingdom. Where are you going? Let me just say. It is the will of God. For you to be in Christ and Christ to be in you. So that you might have a faith that stands in tough times and you don't have to be led around by the nose by the world, the flesh and the devil. And so it is usually by sincere prayer of faith and repentance that people receive the Lord and the strength of his power. For the living of life. And so if you're listening. And you've never. Received him. And believed in his name. And received the power of his spirit. Then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Wherever you are. Pray this. And I encourage you to pray it out loud. It will help to. To mark. And help you to remember that. On Thursday. November the 19th. 2020, you receive Christ in the abundant life he offers. So pray with me, would you? Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong. Please forgive me. 
I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. I thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. I thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. Now by faith, I receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me now and forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for uh, listening today. And uh, if today was a day of decision for you, I want to encourage you to do this. I encourage you to email Rick Bonfim Ministries at rbm at ladderrain.com. Or you can call 706-353-1546 to, uh, to have follow-up and spiritual counsel. So God bless you. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you again. Take care. He gives the joy of his salvation. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. As I watch the world around me, I can see his mighty hand delivering his people from the evil empire.